What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brendan and Dama back on the show, and it is Monday the 5th. And today's not really going to be how we've usually been doing it the past three or four weeks, um, where we usually go over games from the past week, have some uh, talk about the team in between, and then end with predictions for this coming week. We still may do the predictions for... Uh, this coming week, and maybe we'll include some of the games naturally in this dialogue, but this is mostly just going to be more of a, a rant-type episode. So if you guys like the the therapeutic dialogue, and I know that people stay on the Twitter spaces all the time, they like when they're more negative, uh, the true inner hater coming out and a lot of you guys, but uh, I think it definitely brings out more passion when we lose instead of when we win because it's you know we we want them to be better so bad it's not like we want this to be happening but you know and and we'll get into why they're so bad but man this is just not a really good place to be and i mean we were saying what we've lost the last six of seven you said right yeah they're one in six their last seven it's just not a good spot to be in and you know you you lose to the hornets Did, did Lamelo even play that game no. No. See, I didn't watch. And then the Lakers, The I know that the Lakers have been better lately, and I know that they have LeBron and Anthony Davis, and I guess Westbrook is decent at basketball now that he's coming off the bench, and good for him. I mean, you know, I, I don't have any more bad things to say about Westbrook. His time here is done. People know how we feel about him. I personally just didn't like him. But, you know, we move on. It is what it is anyway. But – and the Nets are a tough team. Um, had a, a good win against the Timberwolves. I don't – but, you know, we said this a couple weeks ago. You said it. I mean, this is kind of how it's going to be for the rest of the year. We're going to go on win streaks, and then we're going to have losing streaks like this or, you know, where you lose six of seven, seven of eight. But all it equals to at the end of it every single time is going to be 36 to 39 wins. And and I know that – and this might offend a lot of people, and I'm sorry – but for those of you that just say, well, I root for the team, I want them to be good, um, it's just an idiotic take to me at this point because you're wanting them to be good is kind of enabling them to, to keep winning 38-39 games. And it's you, well, we, we could if blah, blah, blah. Shut up. No, no. There is no if Denny was used properly. There is no, no. If, if Gafford <laughs> was used properly. There is no if – Kuzma, KP, and Beal all played well at the same time. It doesn't matter. The Well, what if DeLon Wright was healthy? It doesn't matter. None of it matters. The team is not good. They are below average. Good. There is nothing on God's green earth right now, realistically, that could make this team good. There is nothing. We have a disadvantage at just about everywhere. We are paying one of the highest contracts to a player at this point who is probably a number three on a contender. We have a big man that is our best player, and he's on an expiring contract, but he's injury prone, and they're probably not going to turn him into any value, and they should be doing that. They should be taking phone calls right now on Porzingis and Kuzma, right now, because 
we know what the, this is going to turn into at the end of the year. Is, is they're going to turn these guys into to high salary players. They're going to get injured or they're going to underperform. And then we're going to be in the worst possible situation because guys are going to get pissed. They're going to be playing bad and they're not going to hold any value. The proactive thing to do with anyone on the roster at this point, value for them while you can. Because I would rather see uh, a 25 27 win team with a direction than a team that wants to win 37 to 39 games and they preach oh we want to win we want to contend this and that it's stupid it's moronic and i hope theodore and zachary are listening to this because you guys have got to get a fucking clue man like you want to talk about malpractice at this point letting i'm, I'm sorry and, and tommy shepherd should be fired and i don't care what excuse you want to give um, I know that drafting is not easy. I know that building a team is not easy. But, man, you've had four years to try and turn this team into anything of relevancy. And you haven't done it not once. We have made the playoffs, I think, as an eight seed one time, and we got blew out by the 76ers. Like, it really just wasn't competitive. Uh, it's just – it's inexcusable. And like I said, we don't have an advantage anywhere. Name one player – Pending team is like banging down doors right now saying, yes, we would love that from your team. There, there is not one. Beal, because of his contract, KP has an injury history and a player option. Lord knows what he's going to do with that. Kuzma is expiring, I think. Or does he have one more year? Yeah, he's expiring. Well, he has a, he has a player option, which he's sure to Oh, he's going to decline that. Opt out. Him and KP, they both have player options that they're sure to opt out of with the cap going up this summer. And then maybe Corey Kisper. Corey Kisper does have some value, um, but who knows what type of return you'd get back for that? I mean, you'd probably be able to get a late first from someone, maybe. Um, but but that's my point. Like, like maybe like a these, top twenty protected pick, something like that. And these something are the like only you know guys. a contending team that's picking low. Right, and these are the only guys that have any value. Monte Morris, ass. Will Barton, ass. Denny Avdia, garbage. If I hear anyone defend Denny Avdian, any relevancy one more time, I'm no longer going to take your basketball opinion seriously. The dude is buns. He's not good, and he's not going to be ever a quality starter or ever a quality role player on this basketball team. There is zero shot. Anyone that wants to his ball sack, he's not good. Period. Not good. Rui Hachimura. I had a lot of talent coming out. I thought he really helped us. I mean, I really thought that that year that we made the playoffs, I truly thought that he was overall our second best player behind Beal. Low bar, and I understand that, and I thought that it could have gotten better. And missing half the season last year, I, I get the mental health thing. I'm not here to have that argument, but that derailed his career. And I, and I got that feeling at the time. Like, that wasn't going to be something that you were just going to be able to come back from, especially with the emergence of Kuzma. The guy has no value at this point, and he's not a quality player. I don't think that any playoff team is going to be, you know, calling Tommy Shepard. Oh, hey, can, can I get some of that Rui Hachimura you got over there? And, and these are – so the last two guys we've talked about are top ten picks. And that excludes Johnny Davis, who doesn't even look like he belongs in the NBA. That is correct. I mean, you go down the list. I mean, I tweeted it out this morning. 
Uh, you look at the Wizards' last five draft picks, first-round picks, all top 15 picks. 2018 pick, Troy Brown, he is no longer here, right? Uh, and if we don't want to include that one because Tommy, I guess, wasn't the head guy, but Tommy was here, right? Um, 2019, Rui Hachimura, after missing 40 games for reasons still really unknown last year, now he's missing more time this year. Um, he's injured. Your 2020 pick, Denny. I mean, how many times is he going to get benched? How many different coaches are going to bench this dude? You know, for for <laughs> collectively the fan base to understand that he's just not a good player. He's not there. Like he has not taken the steps required to stay on the floor um, and, and and get better as a prospect, a top ten pick. And then your 2021 pick, Kispert, shooting the leather off the ball. Um, he's probably, like I said, the only one that has any real value out of the young guys. And then your 2022 pick, Johnny Davis, I mean, he does not look like an NBA player. So when you got your five, your last five draft picks are at best, you got one of them that, that maybe is like a fifth starter or role player sh- shooter off the bench. That means you have to go now get talent from elsewhere which means veterans. That means you're trading assets um, or getting lucky and you're trading two, two bad contracts for, you know, somebody like a KP. Like, that, that's kind of like a lucky deal. Uh, you know, I won't say luck. You know, he got it done, but you have, to, you have to strike lightning like that in a bottle in order to supplement the talent that you're not getting from your draft picks. Like, it shouldn't be Kyle Kuzma here having a 20 and eight season and then we got to go and pay him a hundred and something million dollars to keep him it should be Rui Hachimura like it, it shouldn't be Chris Stapps Porzingis <clears throat> here to have to average 20 10 and two blocks it should be Denny because that's what you drafted him for like and, and it's like we, we, we stay in this we're going to stay in this constant loop of talent Missy Vows. Oh, damn. The draft pick didn't work out like we wanted. So now we got to go trade for talent. That talent costs too much. It costs a lot of money. You got to overpay to keep it. And then you got to supplement more misses in the draft in free agency because you can't identify a damn point guard in the 20s or in the second round. And it's just it's a constant loop. So you might fill one hole just to create two more. So you're going to be in this constant loop of 34 to 39 wins. And <laughs> and it's just I just don't see how you can keep how they can keep doing this. Like Tommy would have to pull off a, a miracle trade. Like it would have to be another KP type trade for a point guard, like where he trades our two worst players and somehow he gets back a point guard that plays at like all star level. And the, the just, I just don't see yeah. how he's going to be able to do that. The, the, the worst shit to me right now is the, the people. You guys know who you are. I'm not going to point out fans individually, but I got a few in mind. The ones that are constantly like, well, you know, you guys don't really know what you're talking about. You know, building an NBA team is, is hard. Identifying talent is not easy. Like these guys work 24-7. Like, shut the fuck up. Keep the cock in your mouth a little bit longer, why don't you? Damo could take over the GM job tomorrow, and it'll be 15 times better than Tommy Shepard and what he's done over the last four years. Easily. 
this rebuilding thing, this restarting, like trading guys while they have value, this is not rocket science. This is simple as shit that they should be doing and actively pursuing right now instead of waiting until perhaps Porzingis gets injured or something in the locker room happens and maybe Kuzma's like, oh, I, I want out. And once a guy says he wants out, you lose value instantly yeah. because then you're, you're going to have to give something else in the deal if you trade him. Like yeah, These yeah. are things that... You, you're looking at now, you look at now, Beal has that hamstring injury, right? And yep. that, you, you know, that could be tricky. That could mean he could be out a couple weeks or, uh, you know, or a few weeks in DeLon's case, right? So that's going to mean more minutes, more minutes in, in, uh, more minutes and shots for KP and Kuzman. Now they got to kind of overplay, uh, you know, what they're typically accustomed to. That could lead to injury, man. Like, it's a, it's going it could be a domino effect and if and if KP gets hurt now you've lost all <laughs> you've lost all asset leverage now um because you could definitely get a first round pick for him right now a couple probably but if he gets hurt especially if it's a ma- like a lower leg injury man you can you can cancel that you cancel it it, it's, it sucks because all of this, to me, goes back to Tommy Shepard. And we can't blame Ernie Grunfeld anymore. That, that ship has come and sailed. After the first two seasons, he had the job. That, that We can't use that excuse anymore. The, the Ernie Grunfeld stuff is gone. Now, name one thing um, lurking from Ernie Grunfeld at this point. Like, well, he didn't really have the best place to start. Like, motherfucker, it's been four fucking years, and the guy can't even build a six seed. It's ridiculous, and I, I don't care that the conference has gotten better. Well, then you improve your team relative to your conference. You don't just say, well, we're just going to, you know, just ride the ship. We're going to keep it going, and we'll get healthy, and we'll get there. No, idiot. That's not how it works. You need to improve your team. And I'll tell you what doesn't improve the team is the shitty drafting that you've done, which has pretty much buried us in the fucking ground. I mean, the, the Wizards are dead. They're done. There's literally no way at this point they can come back from this. What are, what are we going to wait? Four more drafts for you to find quality players? Fuck no. Get your ass out of here. And even if you did have four more drafts, honestly, they'd probably end up being more ass players. I then Brad is what? 30-something years old. Porzingis is over 30. Kuzma's about 30. And so then you're, you're done. I mean, because at that point, Porzingis is probably going to be injured. Beal is already showing that he's going to be an injury-prone guy at this point. Um, the two top guys in your roster right now are injury prone. And if they keep Porzingis, they're probably going to be forced into paying both of them. So you're talking about two guys on those kinds of contracts that are injury prone. This really isn't about them. Again, I'm not making it about them. It's not their fault. This is Tommy Shepard's fault. And this is Ted Leonis's fault. And it's no one else. And we don't, again, going back to, do we have, uh, where we have advantages. Well, let's talk about the coaching real quick because I- I'm honestly tired of seeing the take that, well, you know, Wes Unso Jr. doesn't really have a lot to work with in his defense. No, they're, they're shit that he's done that year two coaches should know better from by now. And this is another one of those things that it's like, well, you know, you've never been a coach. You know, you don't know. It's like, bro, there's literally teenagers right now that I promise you would make better decisions than Wes Unso Jr. does with lineups, with timeout usage, with all of it. The guy's awful. He's not a good coach. He's, he may be a good assistant coach. He's not a good head coach, and he's not going to be the coach that gets us over the hump here with this team. That is a fact. 
So when you don't have an advantage at general manager, you don't have an advantage at head coach, and you don't have an advantage with your roster and your assets, where the fuck do you see this team getting any better? They're not going to get any better. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I just don't see, I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel unless, you know, I don't know, somehow, somehow one of these kids turns into, you know, uh, uh, an all-star level player (laughs) by the end of this year. Like, I just don't see, I just don't see it. Like, I, I, you know, they have three and a half good players. You just, you're not going to compete with the, the top six in the East with three and a half good players. You're just not. You're not. And and we can we we can pull out all the trade scenarios we want. You know, you're not gonna be able to acquire a starting point guard, a starting small forward, another shooter, and a six man by the time by the time uh February come around. It's just no way. It's no way. Like, literally, I'm trying to think of maybe, like, a best-case scenario thing right now. And if you're talking about competing, like, and this is not going to happen, but Westbrook gets bought out, the Wizards bring him back, and then the Wizards are able to pull up or pull off, like, some sort of um, lopsided trade for OG Ananobi where it's, like, Will Barton and a couple second-round picks or something like that. Like, short of that, th- there really isn't a way that you can improve this team. And, again, that's not happening. The so. We'll have to play like the one that was seventeen and six to close close uh, two years ago. It would have to be that type of Russ coming back, not not the Russ we've seen this year. And that would be to get the seventh seed. And the the most stupid thing about all of this is that the East is so close. So they're probably looking at it like, well, man, let's just get Delon right back. We'll get Brad healthy. And then we're going to skyrocket up the standings. And you know that's the dumbass mentality that they're going to have because it's the same dumbass mentality they've had forever. And that goes back to when Ernie was here. It's just how Ted likes to run the team. If you can squeeze 38, 39 wins for five seasons, that's better than starting off two seasons where you're in the 20s. I mean, but but he, he doesn't like the risk involved with the rebuilding. You can tell. And you can tell that's the way he operates with the Capitals, too. He doesn't like risk. He likes to stick with what he knows he can get, even if that's mediocrity. And shout out to, to him, at least the Caps won a freaking title. So, but but the, the Wizards are certainly never going to do that. And I wish that he would just – he what, needs to realize it's not going to work. What, what's wild to me, though, right, is that, you know, just two and a half months ago, Tommy was trying to trade for Spider Mitchell. And I'm just like, just imagine all the assets he would have had to give up to get him. I'm going to imagine at least Kuzma, uh, probably Denny at the time when he had value, uh, you know, multiple picks. Uh, so, like, you wouldn't have had anything left as far as your, your roster depth. I mean, we, honestly, you really ain't got nothing now. But yeah. it, it would have been, like, I just couldn't imagine, like, they're thinking that this team with another star can really do something. But even with a third star, you still have to have some depth. And that's got to come via the draft. Like the guys you draft have to be productive and, and, and not blow 10, 15 point leads when they get in the game. And like, I just don't, I, it's just tough, man. Cause like, I've been kind of, 
Jordan Meeman, the this whole all of the young kids for real. I've been hard on them, but it's like I don't. I at this point I don't see a path. Like I don't see how they can fix all the holes they have by February. I, I just don't. Like I think they're gonna just be middling. Like the games where the big three plays well and the bench shows up, they'll win. The games where most of the games where the bench is bad and one of the big three doesn't show up, they're going to lose. Like, yeah. and that's going to be pretty much the season. And I don't see what, what I don't see how a team that's capped out, no tradable assets with via the draft because their pick is locked up from the wall deal. And then, you know, like I said, they're capped out. And then like all the young guys kind of don't really have any value. How do you get better? You don't. And that's my biggest gripe with all of this. And I'm not going to act like I am, am like the, the first one that came up with the whole rebuilding. Like there's a lot of Wizards fans out there that have wanted this direction for a long time and that have seen this coming. So for those that have seen this from the start, congrats. You are in the smart club. And you know what? Let's go back to the Denny fans for a, a, a little bit because they have a, a special place of dumbassery in my heart. And Look, he, he's a, he seems like a nice guy. And you know it's going to get bad when we start off like this because we do this with all the players that, you know, we may like personally. Like, they don't seem like bad guys, but that just don't perform. And, look, I'll say the, his rookie year, they start, started off. A little bit, but then the the second year, anything after that, I'm sorry. You have to adjust your game after that. And he just hasn't really improved over that time to me. Like, name one thing that Denny Obvious, since his rookie year, has gotten better at. I'll wait. Not a damn thing. He's the same Not player. Not a damn thing. He's the same He's The same weaknesses, the same missed layups, still can't go left. He's a worse three-point shooter. He's added no in-between game, not a floater, not a pull-up midi, nothing, not a step back. He's the same player he was as a rookie. Like, he's still fouling like crazy. Um, I mean, he's, 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 the same, he's the same player, and that's, that's part of the problem. And I feel like, you know, with these top 10 picks, it was kind of, and I said this before, it was the same thing with Troy Brown Jr. We kept trying to, like, do these mental gymnastics with the guy like he's only 21. Just give him some time. He's going to start making layups. Well, let's put him at point guard. Let's put him at small forward. Let's put him at power forward. God damn it. Let's put him at center. And then it, and it's like you run out of positions to put him at. <laughs> it is like, OK, he's just not good. Like, he's just not good. And at some point, <laughs> you, you know, the GM has to answer to that. Like you keep identifying this same type of player that you can't develop. You know, the, 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 the jack of all, master of none, tries hard on defense, but not a super athlete that's going to generate a lot of blocks and steals, not a long wingspan, not a guy that gets to the rim, doesn't really have handle, can pass a little bit, but doesn't really, doesn't score well enough or shoot well enough to actually use it. You know, so it's like, where do you play him? Where do you, you can play find, him? You can if he's find not like, playing defense, like if he's not playing defense like a Marcus Smart or Drew Holiday, where do you play him? 
you can find like any coked up individual with a decent wingspan at the the local YMCA or whatever, and he'll literally do the same exact things that Denny Avdia does on the court. Like, and, and I'm not here to say that he doesn't have a skill set that belongs in the NBA. Again, I, I think that he's a quality defender, but again, when you're in an offensive league and like that, it matters. Like if you can't shoot, that matters. If you can't dribble, that matters. If you can't score, you don't have an off dribble game. That matters. You can't just be this one dimensional player. Some teams you can get away with having guys like that, but that's when you have Steph Curry, you have Giannis, you have LeBron. The Wizards cannot afford to do that. And I hate when uh, Denny fans Andre are Robinsons like, of the league have been played out of the league. I'm sorry. Like, you cannot – the Tony Allens, the Andre Robertsons, they've been played out of the league. It's a reason for that. <laughs> like, you can't play those guys. Matisse Thibault, like, he's, he got benched in Philly, and he's a better player than Denny is because he can't do anything on offense. And teams are guarding him with a center. And it messes up your spacing. So now they're sending an extra defender at your stars. That makes their job harder. Like, you just can't do it, man. This is 2022 basketball. Like, you have to draft guys with modern skill sets. And shooting shouldn't be one of those things that you're guessing on and hoping and praying on in year three, year four, when you got to make a decision on whether or not you're going to give them a fifth-year option. It's, it's so weird for a guy that is not really that great. I've never seen so many more fans come to his defense. Like, can, can you think of a player that was this polarizing w- within a fan base when it was just clear that he wasn't good? Can you think of one like this? It's crazy. And well, in Wizards history or just period or across the league? Like, like period, I guess. Oh, man. Oh, I, I would have to. I don't know. I would have to go. <laughs> I would have to. I had to do some research on that, but. Yeah, like I, I've never seen a, a a fan base latch on so hard to a to a five point per game player. I've never seen anything like that. A guy who averages more fouls than field goals, like <laughs> shoots under shoots under twenty five percent from three. Like I just don't know. I, I've never seen anything like that. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Because anybody else. They would be calling a scrub. <laughs> they would be right. calling a scrub. Like, and that's before you even factor that they were a top ten pick. Just, <clears throat> just on its face, like somebody that people don't like. Like, uh, who rubs guys the wrong way? Like Patrick Beverly, right? If Patrick Beverly was putting up Denny numbers, people would call that man a scrub, right? You would not be. Nobody would be defending him. He would not have a hive, like. Because generally you don't like the guy and you feel like he's a pest. But when you looked at his numbers and you saw he was averaging five points a game, shooting like in the 20s from three and averaging more fouls than field goals, you would call that man a bum. So why is it different now? It's like, and they all say, well, if everyone else was better around him, maybe if they used him properly. And it's like, no, dumbass, fuck you. He's not good. Games from last week. So I said that we probably wouldn't talk about this, but yeah, I figured we'd go over it. 
the, the Timberwolves game was a game I thought that we were a little bit – fans are a little bit concerned about just because of, I guess, Porzingis's fragility. But I guess, and from what I remember, he had a pretty good game, right? He was great in that game. He was so great that they took <laughs> – they took Gobert off of him and put Kyle Anderson because Gobert was just getting lit up. He just wasn't he wasn't quick enough to stay with KP. And those are the exact type of bigs that KP has an advantage on. Those slow foot bigs that are, you know, got to play drop because he can shoot the three and he's quick enough to get by you and have you at a disadvantage. So they put Kyle Anderson on him and then he just shot over top of Kyle Anderson, got him in foul trouble. So he had an amazing game. That was the one. That's one of the few games this year where all three of the big three played well, and the role players and bench played well as well. And they still um, allowed how many points? Well, yeah. I mean, they allowed. I mean, they scored one forty, but I think they allowed. I think they allowed like one nineteen, one twenty, maybe. But that was because it was just high pace. But I don't think. You win by 20 points, you put up 140, you're going to win the game. Um, yeah, sure. Like, I don't expect them to beat a team 140 to 95, but, <laughs> but they, they all played well that game. It wasn't, it wasn't a game where I looked at it and I was just like, oh, yeah, they're, they're not competing on the defensive end. It was just for high pace because I think the, the Timberwolves only shot. I got to go back and look. I, I think they only shot in the low 40s or maybe high 30%. Field goals, they just got a lot of attempts because it was high pace. Um, the Nets game, we got outclassed by Durant and Irving, if I remember correctly, right? Well, more so Durant. Uh, Kyrie really didn't come on to probably the last four or five minutes. Yeah, um, that's what he, he does, they, they, were doing, they were doing a good job on him, but they just couldn't stop KD. Like, that, that, that was the issue. Kyrie was quiet pretty much the whole game. Um, but KD was the issue. They had no. But why answer. didn't they? Why didn't they just put the best defender of all time and Denny Avdi on him? I'm sure that would have stopped him. You would think, right? That's a good question. That's a good question. They tried, but he fouled. He got cooked too. Like they all got it. They all oh, got okay. it. Oh, right. Um, the Hornets game without Lamelo, embarrassing loss. I didn't watch it. Tell me about it. Yeah. So. Defensive effort in the first and second quarter just wasn't there. They couldn't guard shit. I mean, they had Kelly Oubre looking like Giannis in the first quarter. Um, he was just getting to the rim whenever he wanted. And that was from the guards all the way down to the bigs, too. There was just no rim protection. There was no point of attack defense from anybody. Fast forward to the second half. They started to play some defense. They started coming back. The fourth quarter, I think they held them to 10 points. Um, and, and then I think you got, you know, Brad Bill kind of went on a heater and then he waits till uh, going into the last two minutes of game. He had 33 points, seven rebounds, six assists, and only one turnover. And in the last three possessions, he literally just coughs it up two turnovers when they down a point back to back turnovers. And then he misses the go ahead, uh, winning mid range pull up, uh, so that was that. It was just like it was like a Shakespearean script, man, of of Brad Beal goofiness at the end of a game. <laughs> um, you couldn't write it up any better than that. Um, keep in mind that they were also without Gordon Hayward, and this is also a team that employs Mason Plumlee in its starting five. So they're really, I mean, no matter really who you're missing, 
you really just shouldn't. There's no reason really to lose that game unless you're missing all three of Kuzma, Nick KP, and like Prime Nick Richards looked like Prime Dwight Howard. Like I, I didn't understand how KP wasn't dominant in that game. That that was weird to me. That's a game you got to go get thirty and fifteen. And then there was last night, which I also didn't watch. Um, like I, I think I. I say this every week. I don't know how many full Wizards games I've watched this year, but it really hasn't been a lot. Um, but so last night, I guess just I'm going to assume that AD and LeBron happened, and that was kind of the end of it. That was really it. I mean, a- AD looked like he looked like an MVP player. I mean, there was one clip where he just dunked on. He got an offensive rebound and dunked on Gafford and KP at the same time. So that that was pretty much the game. Um, they had no answer for him. The 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 Lakers pretty much kind of packed the paint. I mean, they had. I mean, LeBron probably had the easiest deep defensive assignment he's had all year. Like he was sagging twenty feet off of Denny, sagging in the paint. Um, Beal got injured early. He only played like three minutes with the hamstring, and so after that, it was pretty much uh, Kyle Kuzma heroics. KP was kind of inefficient. He had a long night just trying to guard AD. Obviously, and he got cooked. Uh, you know, Kisper shot well. I think he had 16 points on four of six from three. Um, but yeah, outside of that, oh, Gafford played well. Gafford was dunking the ball a lot. Um, he was solid. Probably one of his better games this year, but that's a low bar. Um, but yeah, ultimately, they couldn't stop Anthony Davis. Like, they had no shot. Okay, well... Uh... Nice little recap there of last week games. If anyone wanted to hear any commentary or didn't get to, to watch it themselves, um, again, I know I didn't. I know I will probably miss more Wizards games going forward. Is there anything else you would like to touch on before we go ahead and close this out? No, man, I'm just sad, man. Like, because usually when your team is bad, you can kind of latch on to a young player and kind of look towards the future and have hope. But I have none because our <laughs> best young player is Corey Kispert. <laughs> and he's and really not even young. He's not even really young. And then at best, he's a role player. So it's like, I have nothing to look forward to, man. I have nothing. Like, I, do we think Johnny Davis is going to somehow be a player next year? No. No, right? Like, if he doesn't look like an NBA player now... I don't see how he's going to jump from that to dropping, you know, 15 a game next year. Like, just no, no. So I, I have I have no hope, man, look, looking forward with this team unless Tommy Shepard pulls off a miracle. And again, like everyone's going to get caught up. If we end up winning the next four out of five games, everyone's going to be back on the train. And I'm telling you now, do not fall for it because you're just going to be disappointed two weeks after that happens. So please don't do it. Do not fall for it. This team has no direction. This is the most, I would say, directionless team in the NBA right now. I mean, name a team that's more directionless. And everyone's go-to is the Sacramento Kings. Well, Sacramento Kings have been well, playing great basketball all year. The Kings have figured it out. They got a they got a elite point guard with De'Aaron Fox, a great post big, play, play, playmaking post big with some bonus, and they got shooters around them. We can learn a thing or two from them. Um, and their draft picks are playing, <laughs> playing well. Uh, so yeah, I, I, you know, 
shout out to the Kings, man. They finally figured it out, I think. Uh, but yeah, I would probably say the only comparable right now to the Wizards is probably the Knicks and the, and the Bulls. As far as just an aimless team, you know, no top elite talent, no young guys to look at and say, wow, you know, this is something to look forward to in the future. And then you're capped out. So, yep. yeah. Well, that's where we're at. And that's where we're going to be at until the owner decides that it's time to make changes. Tommy Shepard is not good. Wes Unsell Jr. is not good. The team is not good. They are directionless, and it's pathetic. And it would be nice if for once if they could just be proactive in this situation, get value back for guys while you can, and for the love of God, for the fans, can we please stop standing the young players or or the draft picks anyway? Because they're not good, guys. They're not good. And they're not going to be needle movers for this franchise. So please stop hugging their nuts like they're all the, the hidden Luka Doncic or the hidden Kawhi Leonard. It's not happening. The, the, it, it's not, it, the ship is, is come and gone. It's sailed away at this point. None of that shit's happening. We suck. We're in purgatory. It is what it is until Theodore wakes the fuck up. That's where we're at. I'd like to give um, one last shout, too. Uh, sure. there, was a, there was a tweet that I just got a shout out, and it's just going gonna, it's, it's gonna to probably end this on the, on the, the worst of notes, but... I feel like I can't go without without mentioning it, man. Uh, where is the tweet? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Who sent it to me? Was it Ben? Ben Becker? Yeah. So the Wizards, shout out to Ben Becker on Twitter, man, for this, because this 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 drop drop dropped me to the floor, man. The Wizards have never got a draft pick that was picked outside of the top three, they've never gotten a second contract. Never. Um, yeah, I saw that one too. That's, uh, it's depressing. And it looks like that's going to continue to stand because, again, right now, who are you extending? I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not even extending Kispert. Like, I would rather trade him now and try and get a protected pickback or something because, again, we have no assets for the future. So... And even your 2023 pick, like, it's not going to be top three. So it's like, well, we know by year four, year five, they're not going to be here. <laughs> like, yep. It's insane, man. That That's insane. That was probably the most damning wizard stat I've seen in some time, man. That's right up there with the not winning 50 games in 30-something years. Tommy Shepard, you're not slick, my guy. We all see it. fuck that you don't have a perfect roster it's not my problem you should be better i don't care i just don't care um ted wake the fuck up rocket science this is an easy change that you can make the fans will understand most of the fans want this the only ones that don't want it are the fucking boomers on twitter that act like they're smarter than everyone by saying that they want to root for the team because we're fans and we don't control the team and it's not our money and this and that most moronic people on sports Twitter, the winning, the let's win shills, idiots. Yes, everyone wants to win, no shit, moron, but there's a right and wrong way to go about it. And you know who I'm talking about, man. It's the same motherfuckers. Um, but I think that's going to do it. Anything else? That's it, man. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. If you like this content, please subscribe to the podcast. 
Rate us five stars. Leave us a kind review. Really appreciate it. We will see you next time.